0: Welcome back to another edition of GKW Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Nigel. He's Brian Rowitz along with Jonathan Hood. And we are very excited to talk to our next guest. She was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame back in 2015. Please welcome in. Also, by the way, two-time monster truck uh, champion. We definitely need to get into that at, point, at some point in time. Please welcome Medusa to GKW. Uh, book coming out. End of March, you can pre order it now at Amazon. The woman who would be king, the Medusa story. Uh, what, let's just go ahead and start there. What, why did you decide that you wanted to write a book and, and share all the great stories you've got?
1: Oh my gosh. Why would it? I mean, that title could have been so many different titles Chronicles <laughs> of the Title in the Trash, Chronicles of the Road Story, da 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 da. I mean, my goodness. However, I got a new, um, for your acronym, GKW, is that right? Yep. Uh-huh. Yes. Girls Kick Wide World. <sighs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> just I don't know. It just came to my mind there. But anyway, yes. So how did this book come about? I mean, I have like 40 years of life and 20 years of monster trucks, 20 years of pro wrestling and so on. And I'm still active in it. So... Why wouldn't I write a book? Um, one, because of the uh, the circus of it all, let's say, um, no pun intended. but yes, um, there's just valuable things that I learned, and there's a valuable uh, things that I've taken away and definitely still having fun. So I never dreamed about being a pro wrestler. I mean, I was just doing my thing, and I was putting myself through nursing school, and instead of mending bones, I found I was breaking them, so. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I took a, tra- it was a huge transition.
2: Medusa, how tell us, how's life for you right now? You know, you pop up everywhere, a lot of a- autograph shows, all of a sudden you're on Monday Night Raw. How's life for you right now in 2023?
1: Freaking awesome. Like, ecstatic. Like, when I just came on here and saw you guys, I'm like, I'm just, I'm a real happy person anyway. Now, don't get me wrong. There's things that kind of just, you know, irk me, but (laughs) you deal with it. You just kind of sit, you take it in and I think about it and and I make my move. So I'm, I'm, life is good. I mean, you have your everyday uh, situations or adversities in life and things that you're dealt and you deal with them. But I think being in this business has really taught me how to do that in life very well. Now I'm not going to say it's always been a hundred percent great because, uh, pro wrestling more so than anything has really, I mean, it really made me a jaded person for a while. So, um, in the past, of course, but, um, but I've overcome that. And yeah, I love life right now. I, I really
3: do. For you, you mentioned that belt and appearing on nitro, throwing that belt away. One of the iconic moments in pro wrestling. If someone told you that night that, you would be back on a WWE stage. You would be in the Hall of Fame. You'd be part of Raw celebrations. What What would your reaction have been back then?
1: So, if they would have said, "Look, just go ahead and throw the title in the trash," you're going to be back on anyway. Uh, I I probably still would have done it. You know, either way. But I knew that throwing the title in the trash. I didn't think it was going to end my relationship with WWE for all those years. I can promise you. I I promise you that. I didn't even think anything of that. Actually, I just thought well, you know, I have to give the title back to them and they haven't asked for it yet, which was kind of weird. And I mean, before they even let me go, they sent me a letter in the FedEx. And and, I mean, I was like, what are you doing? I'm getting ready to catch a plane to come work for you. And I get a FedEx in the mail, right? But yeah, I just, um, I don't know. It was just one of those things that started the Monday Night War and those guys made money and I did it. So they can thank me. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> so one of the reasons that you know I, you mentioned you know women's wrestling and, and you were very outspoken in the early 2000s about how you didn't like how things were becoming more or less just brawn pennies matches and they were going away from women's wrestling how do you think women are represented in the professional wrestling world today
1: well i mean that's a no-brainer i mean it's 10 times better thank god now there was a transition in women's wrestling that I didn't like because I like to wrestle. I didn't, I didn't go into pro wrestling to wrestle in my bra and panties. There there was other things you could do if you wanted to do that. Uh But so I had to either, either agree or go with it and say, Hey, you know, what are you doing? Have a few come to Jesus talks with myself and say, (laughs) either you're going to do it or you're not, or change, change what you don't like, you know, why be miserable? And so I did. And the women that chose to do what they did during that era, I mean, that was their choice. And I'm not it's not against the women per se. It's not against the individuals. It's unfortunate that a lot of them were forced into situations that were demeaning. It really was. And a lot of them will tell you that Um, at that time, if you were to ask them that, I don't think they would say it because it was their paycheck. Damn straight. None of them had legs to stand on. You know, none of the women were getting paid million dollar contracts like they are today a few women are getting paid and they do have a great life. Um some of them do have million dollar contracts and they're I mean it's endless the opportunities for women and it's about damn time. It's about damn time in a minute. Okay, no. Right. So it just <laughs> so um and that's a good good feeling and I'm telling you, it's um, the world is I mean, it's endless what the women and and not just women, men, men don't have uh, equal opportunity either. You know, it's just not about the women. No, they've come a long way and they're at a pat, you know, they're just they're at a point where um, it does need to get better still. What doesn't Right, Everything needs improvement, you know. Um, Could, you know, could Monday Night Raw been different, more women, longer this, longer that? Oh, yeah, okay. But I'll tell you what, that was one of their highest rated shows, and it was a damn good show, Raw mm-hmm. 30.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Um, yes. So I watched you in the AWA, and I saw you re- recently on Vice talk about your matchups against Sherry. But I want to mm-hmm. talk about the word trust because you're a young wrestler at the time and you and Sherry were a major attraction for Vern in AWA. How? What was that trust factor like between you and Sherry, knowing that Sherry tried to beat you up? What was that like?
1: There was no trust. She hated me. <laughs> that bitch hated me. Are you kidding me? I was coming in on her territory, and I was like, oh, who's this girl with the, with the slinky this and showing nylons and legs and wasn't wearing granny stuff and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, wow, it was so green. I didn't know. I mean, I didn't even know psychology. I didn't even know what a work was yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, boy, she was fit to be tied. I mean, we had some confrontations, but at the end, not at the end, but in—and later on, her and I became best friends all the way to the end to her funeral. Oh, yeah. She was a brawler. She wasn't a great wrestler, but she was a damn brawler. And the best thing about Sherry She, her psychology and timing was bar none the best. Like she knew where to go, her spots and her some of her promos. Lord have mercy. And Luna was good too when it came to timing Mm -hmm. and her psychology. Luna Luna was good at that too, very much so.
3: When you do look at the current state of women's wrestling in both companies, obviously you know there's two major companies now. Who are some of the women you wish you could step in the ring with? And you know, one last match, say, all right, this is who I want to square off with.
1: Well, I mean, that's an often asked. Question, and when you think about it, and I would say the only you know thing I say is, I haven't had a retirement match yet, you know, know, they could have done something with me in twenty fifteen. They almost had me and Paige wrestle. We were gonna start to do something, um which no one really knows, um but yeah, but that never came to fruition, and that would have been great, like, oh my God, that would have been great, but um. Yeah, I mean, we always see women from the Attitude Era forward, and I use that loudly and, and pronunciate it and make it known, but it's not towards anybody. It's not directed towards any individual. Let's get that straight there, clickbait people. And it just, you know, it's from the Attitude Era. Y'all can say what you want, but you don't see any of the women from myself back ever. I'm the only one, really, that they do anything with. And it's crazy. You have Wendy Richter. That was one of the biggest things ever for WrestleMania one and Cindy Lauper. Right. Yeah. What yeah. the hell? I mean, it's in, in, the, in the in the jumping bomb angels and the golden. I mean, good Lord. I mean, there's some amazing talent back there, but maybe it doesn't fit the narrative, you know, and what they want. Do you have a question there, sir? Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, <laughs> yes, Lucy, I do. Uh, do you have any? Plan- do you have any plans on Saturday, like in around the Texas area? Do you have any plans
1: mm-hmm. this Saturday? <laughs> if yeah. I did, I sure in the hell wouldn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, you know, I will tell you. No, I wasn't asked to go to Rumble this year, so no, I'm not in Rumble um, unless I get a call. So when I did the NXD. The NXT stint there with it was me and Nora and um, Sean, you know, for the table there. And I got asked back then to go to Monday Night Raw, right? 30, Raw 30. And then like three weeks before Raw, they said, oh, change of plans. I'm like, okay, no big deal. And then two days before Raw, hey, yep, you're back in. I'm like, what? I'm bad. Shit. I mean, shoot. I'm (laughs) busy. You can go. Oh, Okay.
3: Whatever I'm busy.
1: I'm busy. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to move. Uh, okay. And I didn't even ask, you know, I'm just like, you know, I'll probably go out there and wave, you know, okay, whatever. So um, and I I know my role. I'm a I'm a legend. And I'm, I'm, it's not about me. It's about the kids today. Right. So I'm not I wasn't expecting much. But the thing is, is that um, it was interesting. It was. There was a lot of scuttle and a lot of people were upset. I should say a lot. A few people were. I mean, I was there. Why is anyone upset about that, that I didn't get any TV time? Maybe they should start pitching about that. Be concerned about the one legend that was there that didn't get any TV time, but all the other male legends did. Hello. Let's let's talk about that. Why is it all about the other crap? If, if, if they weren't there and that didn't happen, but at least one wom- woman was there to represent and didn't get TV time, shouldn't that be in cons- a concern if we're pushing women's narrative? Right? Absolutely. Wait, is, there is there it's something
0: is there something you would have liked to do other than, you know, sit there and
1: play poker? Yeah, I don't even know how to play poker. I don't even know what the hell I was doing. Thank God it was good <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, DDP, what kind of hand is this? What are you going do, shush, here comes, the, here comes the kid. I'm like, I don't know, full house. Ah. <laughs> it's so good. And then we had Bradshaw coming up on the side. He goes, oh, my God, Deuce, you got, the, you got the belt. I go, yeah. He goes, oh, is it good? I said, yeah. They said, go ahead. And I'm like, okay. So I threw the belt down the table. I'm like, I am going to use this everywhere because I am still the champ.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I'm just having
1: fun, guys. What else do you do but have fun? Oh, pro wrestling is supposed to be fun. You know, that's what it's supposed to be. Memories, having fun and camaraderie and just building. I just, I had such a good time. And everyone is just running around with their butthole tight. And I'm like, my goodness. (laughs) why is everyone so uptight? Have a good time. It is what it is. You ain't going to change it. Eh. So you mentioned, you mentioned earlier about how, you you know, you didn't, you you
0: didn't grow up loving pro wrestling. You're not even sure. How did you get into pro wrestling then? Like how, because so many of these people that go on, they like, Oh, we grew up, we love watching this, this, and this. And they, they always knew they wanted to do it. So how did you get into it and how did you learn it so quickly?
1: Well, I was from the best state ever. I think every—it's in the water. You know how many great peoples and great people came from Minnesota. AWA. I mean, we had the Nick Bockwinkles, the Wahoo McDaniels, the Road Warriors, the Rick Blair's, The—I mean, blah blah blah. It goes on and on and on. It was something in the water, guys. Or since it was Minnesota, we were frozen half the year. So I mean, hey, lived a good life. I'm in um, Wisconsin. I get it. Yeah. Okay, cheesehead. Go Vikings, goal. Oh, we suck this oh. Damn it! Wow. Let me tell you, it's so, so hard we. being a Vikings fan. Oh my God. We'll get into that. Hold on. So <laughs> I get I um. Let me tell you. Oh, this house during Vikings time. Oh my God. Okay. So um, how? Why did I become a wrestler? I I mean I don't know because this friend of mine was dating a Hollywood stunt coordinator. And he did all the um, stunt coordination for um, uh, uh, what's it, Burt Reynolds. And um, and Dar Robinson was the one doing the stunts for Dar. Or Dar was doing for um, Burt Reynolds. And Kai Michelson um, coordinated all of those. So my girlfriend was dating him. And this from Minnesota. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then this guy just started staring at me. And I'm like, ooh, what a freak. My girlfriend's right here. This dude's probably trying to hit on me. What the hell? And finally, he just came up to me and said, you should be in the entertainment business. I'm like, oh, my God. Now I've heard everything. You're a creep. This is what I'm saying in my head. And I'm like, you know what? I could be a stunt woman. I'm the biggest jock there is. I'm a gymnast, track and field star, blah, blah, blah. I'm a gearhead. I ride Harleys. And um, he's like, no, I was thinking pro wrestler. And I was like, oh, my, are you kidding me? Ew. Ew. (laughs) <laughs> no. And uh, and then one thing led to another. Introduce me to Ed Shark, and then you're just going to have to read my
0: book. Oh, oh, yes. oh that's a great, great. tease. Yeah, no, is- it
1: gets good. Let me tell you, there's over 300 pages in that damn book. And how do you put 20 years of wrestling, 20 years of monster trucks in one book you don't? So there's going to be others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay
2: the woman who would be King available now on Amazon Medusa is our guest here on good karma wrestling. I want to circle back to something you were talking about. And it's funny that you say it because it was part of a promo with the undertaker and LA Knight on that same show, raw 30 where LA Knight said, Hey, undertaker, I heard you on the Joe Rogan podcast. You were talking about how the current locker room is, I don't know, tight or whatever. Did you notice the same when you were there as well? Like there was where it didn't seem like it was fun. It was very much business.
1: Um, what do you mean? It was a little more laid back and having fun.
2: Yeah. Was yeah. It, what, what was it like? What was it yes. like? like? Yes. Yeah. I'm
1: telling you us legends had a room by ourselves. And when you put Hulk Hogan, uh, Jimmy Hart, Ted DiBiase, the IRS, Papa and Taker and myself and Ric Flair in one room. Oh, jeez, The lookout. It was, yeah, it was good. We were just kicking back, watching the show and, um, you know, doing our part of course. And, um, yeah. It was it was fun. It mm-hmm. was fun. You know, there's it definitely is a different era, you know. um, it has become more corporate. Um it is business compared to you know, free fallen when I was there. And um but it was like a small little version and now it's like a football field version. So um there's just it has expanded. Just think of a tree and the roots and that's how it is. It's just so many avenues, so many opportunities, and um, its I can see and feel that the kids feel the same way I did. You know, you're scared, you're nervous, um, you're you are worried about your spot, you know, you got to do good, and you're always, oh, yeah, God, I don't miss that tension at all. Let me tell you, those ulcers, oh, cry myself at sleep at night, forget it,
3: let me see, you mentioned the book, including pro wrestling, including being, you know, a pro monster truck driver. You look at your Wikipedia page, pro monster truck drivers listed as number one, and you're also a professional wrestler. Which one do you identify as first?
1: Well, I'm a crazy bitch anyway. So okay. and I'm a gearhead. <laughs> Um, I mean, my grandmother, um, she's a hundred and she just retired her Harley at 88, which I have out my garage cause I'm restoring it guys. She's a blessing. She's amazing. She runs in, up and down the stairs. She reupholsters furniture still. She drives her truck. You know, like I said, she's from Minnesota. So she's half frozen, you know, half the year dead, half the year comes alive. So, I mean, she's probably only 50 and, um, I have her jeans. So hopefully that is it. So I've got my Harleys out there. My husband has his um yeah i don't know i am just i am i'm i'm crazy i get not crazy crazy fun
0: what? well how do you get into monster
1: trucks like i guess i gotta follow up there <laughs> i am okay I, all right i will okay never... monster trucks. so i told you the scenario this is all in my book um i told you the scenario where i just fed up with wrestling and i got a little win from some friends and the intel that, you know, Vince may be buying WCW before anyone knew. And I'm like, that's it. I gave him my notice that I didn't want to, I'm out of here. Because if you were to take over the name of Deuce and everything could have rolled over. And I sure the hell, you know, Oh, you ain't taking that. Nope. Been there, done that. Not going to do it. So um, around 99 in the late fall. I got a call from a guy named Mike Weber. He is the COO of fight TV. Amazing guy. He's like, deuce, what are you doing? I'm like, Mike? Yeah. I go, where the hell are you? Where, what have you been doing? He goes, I work for this company called Monster Jam. I said, what's a, mo- what's a monster? What's a jam? What are you doing? He goes, it's these trucks and they're big tires. And he goes, deuce, do you have a minute? I'm like, yeah. So he explained it to me. He goes, we need women. We don't have one woman driver. We don't have any women hardly in the audience. And I can't think of a better person to get in a monster truck and build this, you know, the whole. And I'm like, oh, my God. I said, I've never even seen one. I've never been in a monster, never been to a show. He goes, just let us fly you out and just test drive one with Dennis Anderson at Kill Devil Hills out there in Carolina. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) I'm just always, okay. I'll try that, too. So they flew me out and I met Dennis. What a country boy, southern boy, let me tell you. Oh my God. And so they threw me out. Oh my God. <laughs> they flew me out there and I get out there and I didn't know what to expect. I had these jacked up tennis shoe thingies and tight freaking jeans and looking like, you know, good, like a wrestler, like I'm going on an interview. I wasn't planning on driving a damn truck. I didn't know what to bring. They didn't say anything. So here I am. They're like, try to suit her up. And I get in this truck and hey, what a perfect marriage. One of my better marriages, except for now is my best. But yeah. Me and monster trucks. Hell yeah. Oh my gosh. And let me tell you when you got 1800 horsepower underneath your butt, Ooh. dude, it's insane, insane. And it's loud and it's just, Oh, powerful. Yes. And so I never trained. I never trained. I just test drove out there and I was a natural guys. There's a big story in my book about me first test driving. What happened? You're going to, just Oh my God, you're going to, and so, um, yeah. So, and I, I got hired on the spot. They're like, you're hired. I'm like, what? Oh God, I didn't come out here to get, I didn't know. So I got hired. And then a week or two weeks later, I was entertaining fans, 60,000 fans every, every weekend for the rest of my 20 year career. I never, never, never like trained. My training was in front of the people.
2: Uh, but yeah. I guess that's so much adrenaline. I was just wondering, from wrestling to monster trucks, what was the adrenaline rush for you? Is it better for wrestling or for monster trucks?
1: Well, both have both have their own. And, to, you know, they, they're, they're ran the same kind of like a circus, but it was real and competitive. Monster trucks was wrestling was entertainment. Monster trucks were real. Mm-hmm. So when I I'm a very competitive person. I mean, at everything I do and I'm not, I mean, this is very hard to say. It's like, whatever I try or do, I was good at. Like if it was air hockey with my husband, I beat his ass all the time. He hates it. I'm <laughs> an air hockey queen. I love air hockey. And um, it's just on right away. I'm in like competition mode. So knowing that, I mean, I was in, it was just natural. The. Uh, a woman is really quick off the light. It's her, her mechanism with that. Her reflex is stuff. is just really good when it comes to the green light and her foot stuff. And I don't know what that is, but it has shown that it is. Um, and I was really just quick off the light and good. And I just, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't scared. I had a little bit of fear, but not something that would ever hold me back. I just didn't, I didn't care.
3: The Mm. forward to the book written by Paul Heyman. What did that Paul mean to your career?
1: Oh, pff, everything. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you if it wasn't for Paul. Believing me and, and giving me that opportunity and the DA, the Dangerous Alliance, the most underrated fashion ever. Agreed. I mean, guys, he, I love it when he said on Raw 30, I was in the room popping when he mentioned DA. And I'm like, yeah, Dangerous Alliance. Way to go, Paul. Oh, wait a minute. That's the third time he's mentioned something. Wait, what's up? <laughs> what's what coming up? Wait a minute! I gotta pay attention. What? Yeah,
2: yeah. That, that that did surprise me because you don't hear about that faction enough. No. So, so Larry Zbysko, Rick Rude, Bobby Eaton, Paul Heyman, you, Austin, uh, and, and Austin, uh, told it all. Everyone spins out and is a star. Everyone in that group became was a star. Was already a star. Became a bigger star in WCW.
1: Oh Everywhere. my gosh. That was Crazy. a very talented group. I mean, it's kind of like the Four Horsemen. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. they were all great. Every, I mean, factions are good. You know, you had, you know, every single one had a great meaning and they had their, and what they did and carried on and what, I mean, everyone was different actually. I mean, we were like, SB9. this was. <laughs> <laughs> espionage is that what you said? like we were like 007 double oh seven and like you know yeah and then you had the four horsemen and then you had DX was just a sloppy mess, you know. I mean I am on purpose and then and then you know uh, you just every action had their own little thing. Yes, James Bond.
2: If espionage was in Atlanta, Georgia, I guess so. I guess southern espionage.
0: <laughs> <laughs> guess <that's-> yes. <laughs>
2: yeah this was
0: absolutely fantastic
2: it really oh, was to, to be able to talk to you medusa
0: thank
1: someone, you
2: someone to watch you in the awa and to be able to talk to you bucket list for me and we're happy to be able to promote your book we want everybody from gkw yeah. that watches our oh. show from coast to, coast to coast to check out your book again what was it bro it's just coming the up
3: woman who would be king go to amazon right now get that order in. I like there, paul Heyman right in the forward awesome stuff from That's medusa awesome.
1: Yeah, and thank you guys for having me. And I love my whole pool area here, yeah. which isn't real. I think I might dive <laughs> into it when I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> it's not real. I do, Wait I a don't minute. Know. It's not real. My pool's not real? What? It's real. I don't understand. I thought I would try this green screen thing, guys. But I've been, I don't know why it's not working. Why does it look horrible?
3: <laughs> no, it's <looks laughs> great. We bought it. We thought it was a real pool.
1: You bought it. Yeah, right. The okay. entire time, yeah.
3: Juicy. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Ducey,
2: kayfabe, even in Wait. interviews, kayfabe, please.
1: Oh, my God. I just broke kayfabe. So let me ask you guys something real quick before we go. Uh-huh. So the current product overall, are you enjoying it of WWE? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The bloodline, the the bloodline situation was the best ever. Like that thing is amazing, right?
3: That is the best storyline going. There's some other things they could work on a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's
2: it's the best going right now. Me being from Chicago, growing up watching the AWA, where you had you know five thousand squash matches, uh, (laughs) one thousand great interviews, and one and one angle a year from Burn. I'm yeah, totally, I'm totally cool with 2023 and wrestling because <laughs> TV matches are so much better than it was in yeah. 89, 90.
1: That is for sure. One angle a year. That's funny. It's true. Mm. <laughs> it's oh it's my true. god. Well, thanks guys. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for having me. I don't know where the, the guy's like an apparition is like a
3: ghost. Yeah, Gabe Gabe does his own thing.
1: Gabe, come on, Gabe. He
3: pops in and out
1: when he wants to. Come on, Gabers.
3: What's going on? Because he knew you were talking Vikings. He had enough at that point.
1: Wait, Vikings, back to the Vikings. Oh no. Oh no.
3: Oh, please don't. Kirk Cousins.
1: Kirk Cousins. You know, he's good, but uh, there was something missing. But let me tell you about J.J. JJ's the man. Yeah, I mean, until he goes up against
0: Jair Alexander, then he doesn't Oh, make just, it, you know what? I, I'm, done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Bye.
1: I'm out. Just listen, I'm going to throw cheese purds at you or whatever the hell. <laughs>